0: using profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners listen at your own risk welcome back to Helen Hills podcast i'm bryce i'm amanda is there a reason you're doing like a little dance not particularly no i'm just, I'm just okay evolving. i just had to make sure your uc wasn't acting up no i'm pretty good now not okay. anymore okay the shit has passed yes the shit literally. has no longer hit the fan
1: Oh, my God. Literally, before you (laughs) ask me, guess what happened? Do I want to know? Probably. It's handled now. Oh, okay. So I go on lunch last week, right? James, he's asleep because I go on lunch at, at lunchtime. I usually go at 12, maybe a little after. And I had this delicious Mexican soup that James had made. I was really excited. I wanted some tortilla chips to eat with it. So I just go to the dollar store real quick. Haven't even ate yet. I'm like, I'll just run. Come right back. I'm in the dollar store, uh, I did not get tortilla chips. I got dill pickle chips, the good ones, the golden flake brand that I can't find anywhere else. Oh yeah. Okay. So still a good purchase. So no tortilla chips, but I did get uh, dill pickle chips and two things of sour candy. Cool. I'm set. I get back in my car and the the thing won't st- almost cuss. The thing wouldn't start. It just clicked, oh. and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me James is tired of me saying it but I really hate this car I've just I haven't had many any other problems out of a car like this one I've only had it a year
0: I feel like maybe you should have just stuck with um a RAV4
1: I'm considering getting not a RAV4 but I've been looking at um oh my gosh I can't remember what it's called but it's it's still a Toyota because my Toyotas have always done me right But it's an SUV with a third row seat. And I can't remember which one that is right now. It's not a 4 rod. And it's not a RAV4. Highlander, uh, I think, is what it is. Ah, sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. But I've been looking at a couple of them because they have third row seats. I don't want the kids to be squished together. But yeah, we're just
0: screw this car. Squish them together, it's fine.
1: I really don't want to put an 11-year-old in between a Um, 2 and a 0-year-old. I feel bad about that already, and it hasn't even
0: happened. (laughs) I mean, that's up to you, so I would be like, squeeze in, kid. This is what you get every couple weeks. (laughs) Hope one of them doesn't have a dirty diaper.
1: Oh, boy, that's happened before. It's bad. (laughs) Poor Jack almost puked. Annie was horrible. It was a whole deal. It's great. Yeah, car wouldn't start. I had to call James and wake him up um luckily it was just a jump it's just a bad battery so when I left work I had to get one of my coworkers to jump my car and I went to Walmart and they were like okay we've got two batteries in stock I'm like okay he's like one's 160 dollars and one's 180 and I'm like what
0: that's a uh, lot can I get it for free
1: that's a lot like I haven't bought a battery in a while but that feels like a lot it does feel like a lot so yeah I'm like I've, I got three years out of it, at least.
0: Out of the battery? You're taking yeah. that battery with you next time. You're like, this oh. is going to the next car.
1: Yeah, when I trade my car, I'm going to be like, I want $200 for the battery. Period, point blank, the end.
0: There's a three-year warranty on it. Here exactly. It
1: is. Yeah, <laughs> I can give it to you. You can take it with the car, but you're paying me at least $175. Because that's what it was like with taxes and the the discount and all for the old battery. I will be mm-hmm. that petty.
0: Do it. I I hope you do it.
1: But yeah, we're we're back. We're back to good again. I was just very upset because this also happened the day after payday.
0: Oh, so even better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It could have been worse. It could have been the day before payday.
1: Okay. That's yeah, that's fair. Oh my God. I didn't even, that was, that wasn't even the bad part. I'm sorry. Friday when I picked up Annie from daycare, my car broke down on the interstate. What? <laughs> I'm laughing now. I was not laughing then. Again, I was pissed cuz it was like the temperature in my car said 101. I'm like ripping Annie's clothes off just trying to keep her like content. Cool. Yeah. I'm giving her water. I gave her my water like so yeah, something else is wrong with the car and we don't know what it is.
0: So you're <laughs> not all good now.
1: No, no, we're not good now, but oh. I have a brand new battery
0: bonus right there is the (laughs) brand new battery and didn't your warranty just expire
1: yep yep after they did all of the other work to my car yeah they did like i think twelve hundred dollars worth of work to it and then like i'm driving down the interstate we barely got it home but i had to call james to get me to bring me some oil and he put almost like a whole thing of the big oil in my car
0: So your car was out of oil? I'm so confused. I don't know how you're doing this to your car, but apparently I'm never getting a Buick. I just got an oil change. Like just got one. Did they forget to put oil in it? No, they put
1: oil in it. They had to because the oil was leaking, remember? And then Buick fixed it. And now I have no oil. So I don't know what's going on.
0: Buick fixed it, but they never put more oil in because of the oil leak.
1: I feel, I feel like it's not leaking. To. I don't know. But, like, when we got home, I left a little space in the carport in case James had to look at the car. Because he's off this week. So, like, he's got plenty of time if he wants to go fiddle for it with it. And I can just take his car. Thank God. Um, but, yeah, when I, I didn't pull up as far as I usually did, I'm looking at the carport and I'm like, is that freaking oil? So, I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't have to worry about it yet, so I'm not going to. So, yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. How have you been? Because it's been wild over here.
0: <laughs> I haven't had any issues over... Well, not with my car, at least. Like, we're not twinning on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just had extra dogs all week, which you knew about. Uh-huh. Uh, How's that going? Oh, God. <laughs> so, we've had a, a couple of little hiccups. Um, because one of my parents' dogs is a biatch. Dad, you know exactly which one I'm talking about. Uh <laughs> She And it's funny because she's super, super sweet with, like, me and with, with like, the other dog of my parents. Super sweet. She just wants to snuggle up. Could have strangled Cody this morning because it was 6.45 in the morning. It is Sunday. I was sleeping and he let those dogs in the bedroom. And guess who was on the bed waking my ass up?
1: Amazing.
0: No, Izzy. not this time. Yeah, Izzy. Again, super sweet, super loving. But I... I was going to let them be inside while I recorded today or while we recorded today. And I was like, no, I I can't. I need some space, Izzy. Like, this relationship is not working out, dog. I'm sorry. It's me. It's No, it's 100% you. You're a little (laughs) too clingy. Stage five (laughs) clinger. So they're, they're outside. Cody set them up. They're set up in shade and have plenty of water. And he fed them and all that fun stuff. But it's just been a long week because of it because it's just like everywhere I turn it's dog 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 which don't get me wrong that's my life but my dogs also move out of my way when I need them to These do you train are... them to do that because
1: none of my animals do that including my child
0: you just shove them they learn
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah mine do not learn we've tried shoving we've tried walking through them we've tried cussing nothing works
0: um how about just roll over their tails with a chair on accident? That gets them to move pretty quick. As soon as they hear <laughs> as soon as they hear my chair roll at my desk, they're I'm like, okay, we're clear. It's like, listen, I can't that's... see behind me. That's a you
1: problem. Okay, that is definitely, I don't know if that's trained or just instilled, probably the latter. Because Buck definitely, he's right here, but if I even shift my weight like I'm going to stand up, he is gone.
0: Do not roll over me. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. But. Um, No, because my dogs in the house, they don't typically go in front of me. They typically follow at my heels. So it's fine. Because they're not in my way. But these extra dogs. Don't get me wrong, though. The one dash. There may be nothing up in his noggin, but he is super cute.
1: He is very pretty. He's very handsome boy.
0: He's such a dashing dash. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: <laughs> and I love that.
0: So he's. Yep. Yeah. He also smiles if you uh, just talk to him, but don't pet him. He'll smile at you. I haven't been able to get a picture. I've been trying all week to get a picture, but I haven't been able to. He knows. Oh, well, my did you try saying out. cheese? They don't get cheese tax at my house. The cheese tax was cut
1: off here. Were they getting a little tubby?
0: Well, no, my dogs are just jackasses. Oh, and I know you meant like cheese for the camera, but my brain went to the cheese tax.
1: That's okay. Uh, As soon as you said it, I then went to TikTok in my brain. So
0: yeah, the cheese tax. That's what I was thinking. Treats, but that's fine. So yes, that's been my week. I've got one very jealous dog of mine, Maisie. She's getting real sick of the company. Um, (laughs) she's now trying to pick some pick some fights, but. And how many days ex. left <sighs> seven or eight
1: okay okay so we're getting there halfway
0: yeah i'm just hanging on to my sanity right now i tried to sound a little more positive there but you know it wouldn't be so bad had cody not let the jerks into the bedroom while i was trying <laughs> to sleep this morning and i blame cody not them <laughs> he knew better I feel like he did this yesterday. Okay, he didn't do this yesterday. Yesterday, he intentionally made sure the door was closed so that I could sleep. Because he, he still gets up at six on the weekends because he still works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I sleep in because I can. And he made sure the door was closed yesterday so that the dogs did not jump on me. So I was pissed off this morning when he didn't do the same thing. He lodged into a false sense of security. Yeah. So, guess what? Wednesday comes around, buddy. (laughs) Better be ready. I was so nice Wednesday and Thursday. Made sure the dogs were quiet. Not anymore. Payback's a bitch. (laughs) So. Yeah, but that's been my week. Um, Nothing else really going on. Are you wearing orange? No, it's red, but my light. I was going to say we matched. No, it's just this light makes it look orange. Oh,
1: um, okay, yeah. Mm. We still yeah. got. We're still in the same color family. We're Let's we're together see. on the wheel. We're right next to each other. Oh, yeah, we're fine. Yeah,
0: and if I turn on the light, we might as well be. I might as well be wearing orange. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, should be. We fine. We, yeah, we just say I'm wearing orange. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine also on top of that i mean we both were texting each other at the same time to say hey we're running late so there's that
1: <laughs> yes so we're if, just on it today
0: if anyone else needs proof of our platonic soulmateship here mm-hmm. like i i don't know how much more proof we can give you guys
1: i was trying to think of something smart to say but like no legitimately i don't
0: i don't know what yeah want. i i don't know what else to help you out with there mm-hmm. But what I do know is that we post pictures on TikTok. No, we don't post pictures on nope. TikTok. Uh, we were talking about TikTok, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Twitter is Helen Hills Pod, everything else is Helen Hills Podcast. We also have our Patreon up and going, Discord's up and going if you want to join us on Discord or Patreon. Um, Linktree's up and going. Linktree's going to have all the links to all the things. I said it a couple weeks ago, I'm going to say it again. Uh, if there is a listening platform that we are not on that you prefer to listen to the podcast on, let us know. We will. F- well, we will fix it. But really, that means Amanda will fix it. Um, Which
1: reminds me, actually, sorry to interject here, but I think Stitcher is going away. Yes. Yeah, they're discontinuing that. So if you happen to listen on Stitcher last time I looked, we've got a couple of people. Um, there are other options, but I'm sorry because I know that sucks to be comfortable with something. And then the company is just like, we're not going to do this anymore. Yoink. Vine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then TikTok comes out a few weeks later or no, no, it wasn't not at all. Uh -uh. TikTok comes back a few years later and it's like the same thing.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: So sorry Uh guys, but we do Uh have a bunch of other places to listen. If not, let us know and I will work on getting it added.
0: Yes. I, by the time you guys hear this, I think there's only like a month left mm-hmm. for Stitcher. So Stitcher's gone. Um, sorry if this is late notice for you, but we, we record things early. We're trying to get ahead so someone can go on maternity yeah. leave.
1: Well, then they just sent out the email too. They didn't give you like three months' notice or something. They're just like, hey, you got a month to get your shit and get out.
0: They gave like two months. Was it two? Yeah, because they sent it out on June twenty eighth, and then they discontinue on August twenty ninth.
1: Okay, that is how math works. Just kidding. Okay. Yeah, two months. Okay, well,
0: so sorry, guys. Point point is is for Stitcher. Any of you that listen on Stitcher, that's going away. We'll miss Stitcher. I guess I don't really know. I never used it, so
1: I think I did back in the day. I don't know. That's that's okay.
0: Well, do you have anything else? Or are you ready for a story?
1: No, I'm ready for a story.
0: Okay. Well, I have a story for you. Okay. That I found from an article about children and basically why you shouldn't have children. And it's been a hot minute since we've done a killer kid story.
1: Bryce, I, I was looked- literally just talking about this case with James, like earlier this week, were you uh yes yes I was and I'm I'm excited to get to hear it
0: okay so like I said it's been a minute since we have done a killer kid story as in like episode 54 I think was the last one we're Mm slacking yeah Uh, we've had a lot of really good stories in between so this is your thing I'm so sorry we took a break from it but we are going
1: thing what is wrong with you I'm not sorry (laughs) this is that's your thing. thing. Second guess yourself more often in life.
0: <laughs> I hope <laughs> none of this is your thing, but that's fine, okay? So <laughs> we are going to talk about Josh Phillips today. So Amanda's heard the case obviously. Yeah. But for the rest of you who have not, we're we're going to talk about Joshua Earl Patrick Phillips who was born on March 17th, 1984. First mistake, he's got three first names. He's got a lot of names. That's not his fault, though. That's his parents' fault.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Don't give your kids three first names. That's where it started wrong automatically. Because how many murderers and serial killers do you hear of? And they have like three first names. Stop it, guys. Too many. Yeah. Ted Bundy. Okay. That was a joke. (laughs) The way you looked at me, you were like... Sorry, go
0: ahead. I was like, what's this middle name then? Theodore (laughs) Travis Lee Bundy. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I was really thinking about that one. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I'm listening. Anyways. So Josh was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania. His Parents are Steve and Melissa Phillips. He had two half brothers, Daniel and Benji. They shared a father, but had different mothers. So of Steve and Melissa, Josh was the only child those two had had. He didn't live with these half-brothers, but they were. They were in the other parents' custody, but they they did grow up close. Like, his older brothers and him did everything. They were thick as thieves. Even though the brothers were, like, 11-plus years older than him. So oh, that's you know, good. Sweet. They would do everything they could together. Movies, concerts, just all the brotherly things. And Josh and his mother, Melissa, you know, um, Just to add to that fourth name, they lived in fear of Steve Phillips, so mistake number two. His father, Steve, was unfortunately an alcoholic and a drug addict, and Steve was often violent towards Josh and Melissa.
1: Oh, well, that's no good. And this is the dad of all the brothers, right? Yes. Yep. Okay.
0: So, Steve, he was very strict with rules on his son. Like, he was very, like, you do your shit, these are the rules, this is how it is. One of those r- rules included that children, or visitors for that matter, could not be at the house if Steve was not present. Like, you're not going to have company, which I don't feel like that's too weird. Steve or both parents? Steve. Okay. That's where it
1: gets me a little bit. Because, like, I don't feel as it's, if it's, it's weird to not want kids at the house when your parents aren't home. But if the mom's home, what does it matter?
0: I think if the Ma- if Melissa was home, it was less iffy. But this yeah. was like Steve's rule. Like, you cannot have kids or company or anything. If you are home alone, you are in the house, no one else. Like, that was his rule. Okay, I can see that. I assume if Melissa was home and he had a friend over or whatever, that was fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, this is, like I said, this is just Steve's rule. Okay. He also, for some reason, took an extra disliking to to young girls or girls in general? Steve or Josh? Yeah. Steve. So he extra did not like young children females coming to their house for any reason. Nobody knows why. I'm going to tell you right now. Melissa for his wife no clue why. His sons Daniel and Benji no clue why. No one else. Feels strange. I yeah, I don't know. Okay. And like I said, Melissa, she tells others she has no idea why he dislikes girls so much. She just knows he does. They're not allowed. Now, in Joshua's childhood, the family would relocate to Florida. And this would separate Josh from his brothers, who he was very close with. And they would move across the country. Um, When Josh, some reports said it was like his early teens. Others said he was like 10, 11. But he wasn't very old. Like he he had his family ties in, what, Pennsylvania? Mm Mm-hmm. And then they moved to Florida. That feels like a big
1: difference for his age, whether it's 10 or 11 or like 12 or 13. That's a big difference.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And that really kind of left Josh alone with no friends, not much support to begin with. Like he's really like his family is restarting. Sucks. Yeah. By 1998, the family was living in Jacksonville, Florida. And Josh is 14 years old at this time the neighbors would describe him as quiet but otherwise friendly okay at school he was described as actually a fairly popular student who just really didn't stand out he was described kind of as like a class clown he was fun and silly teachers did enjoy having him in there because he was just like a a positive positive personality to be around he wasn't excelling in school. He was getting about C's on average. So he wasn't doing great. But otherwise, the teacher was like, he's, he was a fine kid. Like, there was nothing that stood out to us that we would have concerns. He was fine. So it sounds pretty normal. School-related, at least. School-wise. Right, right, right. And yeah. the other part is Josh didn't have a huge friend group either. Like, your friend group builds over time. And... Pretty recently, they had moved there with him three ish years, right? So he right. might have built up a friend group, but he doesn't have like a huge booming friend group of people he's known forever, okay, and he really didn't have many like outlets like he didn't go he didn't play sports very much. He wasn't on any teams. like he might have liked sports, but he did he wasn't on teams or anything like that. about all he did was like walk the family dog and then. You know, on occasion, he would join a local softball game. But again, he's not on any teams, nothing recreational like that. He would, however, reportedly spend quite a bit of his time watching porn at home.
1: Um, okay. I'm not a boy. I don't have a boy. I don't know how healthy and normal that is for that age. I I don't feel like it's
0: too out there for kids at that age to be curious right but I don't know how much time he was actually watching porn if it was like mm-hmm. an issue or a curiosity
1: yeah that's why I'm kind of torn on it because that seems like curiosity wise that seems like the right kind of time period there um, mm-hmm. but if you're like obsessing over it
0: that feels a little unhealthy yes I mean, like, in my eyes, he seems like a pretty normal kid at this point.
1: Nothing alarming that, I would, that you've told me about, other than right. the first names and the, the father situation. The,
0: the abusive father, right? Yeah. Now, while living in Jacksonville, Joshua would, would make a friend from one of the neighbor girls. She lived right across the street, and that was Maddie Clifton. Maddie was just eight years old. Maddie loved hanging out with him she was a bit of a tomboy it's a six years difference I saw you counting (laughs) um and I mean they would they would kind of hang out Maddie's parents didn't really have a lot of concerns with it no big deal I mean as far as they were concerned he was just a nice kid he wasn't violent nothing Maddie was born on June 17th, 1990. Her parents described her kind of as like a tomboy at the time. So they talked about her flipping a switch where she was like a little ballerina, girly girl. And then right around this time, she kind of flipped her switch and was a tomboy. She really loved sports, basketball, you know, baseball, all of the things. So, yeah. So she was just a normal little kid as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, it sounds like she was kind of growing into her own person.
0: Yes. Now, on November 3rd, 1998, Joshua Phillips would have Maddie Clifton over. More like Maddie would come over because she wanted to hang out and Joshua's parents were not home. There was no parental supervision. And Maddie kind of wore him down according to reports. And he's like, okay, let's go play baseball or whatever it is. And not whatever it is. They were playing baseball. Sorry. So Joshua and Maddie, they are playing outside. They're playing baseball. He let's remember, he knows his dad's rules. He still agreed to have to like play baseball with her even without him present. Let's just keep that in mind. Now, Joshua and Maddie, they're having fun playing baseball when Joshua would accidentally hit the ball right into Maddie's eye. Ooh. And this caused a gash, and her eye was bleeding. She was crying and screaming in pain. And this kind of caused Josh to panic. Mm-hmm. And it's because he knew his father would be home soon. And he also knew he would be in a lot of trouble for having someone over without his parents home. Especially a girl. And especially Maddie Clifton. Because some reports stated that Steve wasn't a fan of their friendship. He's like, why are you friends with a little eight-year-old girl? And, you know, he wasn't the biggest fan of that. Joshua would drag Maddie into the house, and he claimed that he pulled her into the house so forcefully that the clothing came off of Maddie's lower body because of how hard he's pulling and dragging her in. Okay. He would take her up to his bedroom, and once in the house, he would go on to hit her with a baseball bat to stop her from screaming at least three times in the head. Okay. Okay. Yep. He reportedly would also stab her at this time in an attempt to silence her a couple of times. And he would put her under the base of his bed to hide her before his his parents returned home from work. After some time, Josh, he you know, he cleaned up a little bit. He had blood on him, all of that. He would return to his room and he discovered kind of not what he was expecting. Maddie was still alive and she was under his bed moaning. Okay. So Josh, would remove the mattress and slit Maddie's throat. He would then stab her in the chest at minimum seven times with a knife that he had in a Leatherman tool. And he would do this until Maddie was no longer breathing. In total, Maddie had been stabbed reportedly nine times in the chest and two times in the neck. That's a lot. Yeah. And after this, he puts her back under or in the base of his bed, puts his mattress back down, and Steve would soon return home. Steve and Josh and family, they would go on to have a normal night, and that was until the Cliftons would report their daughter missing. Maddie's parents did report her missing on November 3rd when she failed to return home. Police would immediately organize a search for Maddie, and you would have police and volunteers who would search for a total of six days. Among the volunteers included Josh Phillips, who would participate in the search for Maddie, including the very first night of searching.
1: Do we know if he was forced to do this? Uh, To search for her? Yeah, if he...
0: I I don't believe he was forced. Okay. I think that might come into clarity based off of some of his statements later about maybe why he continued to help search for her when he knew exactly where she was but that's a little bit later on police would reportedly search Joshua's home on three separate occasions, but they would mistake the smell of Maddie's body for the smell of the birds that Josh kept in his room. So they just thought um. the smell was coming from the bird cages.
1: Uh, Okay. I don't see how that smells the same, but I,
0: I, I don't know. I, I don't know either. But I don't like birds, so I'm not keeping birds in my room, so, and I... Oh, you don't like birds? No, not particularly. Oh, is that new? Yeah, brand oh, okay. new, as of right this second. Okay, gotcha. Just decided. So, police, I mean, another part of this could have been that they kind of had a different suspect in mind. There was a neighbor that had previously been arrested and charged 15 plus years ago for two sexual battery cases that were dropped so this this neighbor never technically had charges anything like that they were all dropped Mm -hmm. but they were kind of keeping an eye like okay you did something we think it might be you so they might have been like oh this room stinks you have birds in here and moved on yeah and as time goes on police they're not finding anything they have nothing they have no evidence and this would actually cause fbi to join the search
1: Sorry, did they know that Maddie was at his house last? Is that why they searched his house three times?
0: There was nothing that said they knew for sure that she was at his house last. I think if they did, they would have looked at him a little bit closer. But it was stated that it wasn't uncommon in 1998 for Maddie and her sister to just go out and roam the neighborhood and go do whatever. And her parents not necessarily know where she was. Right. Because it was a safe neighborhood for them. They never expected anything to happen.
1: So, it was probably something more on the lines of, like, this is one of her friends that she hung out with, so we're going to search this area. Yes. Okay.
0: So, hundreds of volunteers would join the search looking for Maddie in forests, nearby swamps, just dumpsters, anything they could do. Volunteers would hound out flyers, which offered a $100,000 reward for Maddie. And you might be curious how him just putting Maddie under his bed went unnoticed. Joshua had a water bed. So the base was built to accommodate a, a jiggly mattress. It's filled with mm-hmm. water. It's not your standard bed where you might be able to get under it right away. And so, really, you can't get underneath it without moving the mattress first. So he puts her under his mattress and he continues to sleep on his bed for days. That's got a. Oh. Uh mm-hmm. huh. So. On November 10th, Melissa Phillips would go into Joshua's room. While in there, she would see a wet spot on the floor. And she also noticed that part of the bed frame was broken and had been taped back together. And fearing the water mattress was leaking, she would check underneath his mattress. And to her horror, she would discover the decomposing body of Maddie Clifton. Okay. Worst nightmare. there. Yep. And Melissa was out of there. She immediately left the house. She was not messing around. She, like, first of all, how uncomfortable, especially because she discovered Maddie with no clothes on her lower half and all she could see were her legs.
1: Oh, that's, like, that's enough. See, that woman knew. She's like, this is not a mannequin. I got to get the hell out of here. And
0: I imagine, too, like,
1: when she opened it, that had to let some smell out
0: hmm well it even talked about like in her mind a couple articles she talked about because she does go directly to police she doesn't hesitate she knows exactly what she's doing but she talks about as she's walking out of the house she knew she had to go get police she knew that the family across the street is holding out hope for the safe return of maddie and she she's sitting there like i i already know that's not what's gonna happen and they're going to know that it's my son and I'm I'm implicating my son in this. So, like, she had a lot of very mixed emotions, but she still did it. Sorry, that's actually why I was talking to James about this case.
1: Because, like, that's a mom to me. Because I feel like you hear so many cases of, I mean, hell, just last week, my, um, true crime Issei Sagawa, his parents had money and they were able to help him, allegedly, get out of at least one situation. You hear all the time of people protecting their kids. And this woman was like, I have to turn him in. And that's Mm -hmm. like, that would be so hard to basically sell out your own child, but she did it regardless. And I just think that's, that's nothing short of absolutely amazing and selfless.
0: And I mean, I don't like, I don't have children, but I I can't imagine like, what were they going to do either way? I think she probably also recognized. There's nothing else I can do. I have to go to police like even mm-hmm. if I don't want to, because I don't think she wanted, you know what, not even I don't think, I know she didn't want this for her son. Yeah. But what else is she going to do? There's police everywhere. I, they're still in the neighborhood searching for her. They're across the street at her neighbor's house. And like I said, she kind of talked about in one one article where it was, she's walking across the street and she's like, I'm about to ruin this other family. Oh, but they also deserve to know yeah she did get police in she was so just shocked she was unable to even speak but she does take them to joshua's room who again is only 14 years old at the time and she simply points to where police needed to look i bet she's just on autopilot at this point hmm joshua phillips would be arrested on november 10th while at school he would be interrogated and would confess within hours and people were shocked. Josh had no history of violence, and no one expected this from this 14-year-old boy, that nothing, they, no one thought, saw any warning signs. Josh would later state that the first week after killing Maddie that he was living in denial. So this is his quote. I was putting myself in a fantasy world that nothing had happened. What was my defense? No, nope. that was my defense mechanism for everything when I was a kid. I never made the decision to ignore it. I just did. So you asked earlier like was he forced? What's going on? I I think he's he's first of all, I think he's in shock still. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. fully understand what's happening. And like he's saying right here, he was denying it. Like he he did not himself believe that that had actually happened.
1: That's kind of really sad.
0: Yeah. With a confession in hand, they go on to charge Joshua Phillips, and they would try him as an adult as well. The trial would be held in the neighboring Polk Polk County due to concerns about publicity of the case. And let me just tell you right now, Melissa Phillips, not impressed with Joshua's defense attorney, Richard D. Nichols. Less than impressed. Reportedly, Nichols never actually asked Josh about the events of the murder prior to trial. Instead, when he would go to visit Josh, the two would play chess. That is reportedly from Josh and family there.
1: I really hope they did not pay this man.
0: I hope. I, well, see, I don't know. I was going to say I hope he's court appointed. But then again, I hope he's not. What, like, what are you doing? I kind of. Okay, this part kind of gets me mad because I. Like, I hope they didn't pay this man because I don't know that I would have paid him for this either.
1: Like, how are you going to defend somebody if you don't even have their version of what happened? I don't, I'm not a lawyer, but that doesn't seem to be how this works. Hold
0: on. So, Melissa, not a fan of him. Steve, he basically had the attitude of let the, do- the lawyer do his job. So, he insisted on letting him just do whatever he believed to be best. So, Nichols was running with it. Trial would begin on July 6th, 1999. And the defense would take a very risky strategy. The defense team, or Nichols, did not call a single witness or provide any evidence. They did not even allow Josh to take the stand and testify. So what did they do? So they did attempt to introduce scans from a neurologist into evidence. And these scans reportedly showed bilateral lesions on the frontal lobe of Joshua's brain. According to professionals, this is associated with panic and impaired judgment. So they're basically saying he's got these these lesions on his frontal lobe that could have caused him panic or impaired, impaired judgment in that moment. The judge would rule this as inadmissible though. So he couldn't present it in court. The trial couldn't even, the jury couldn't even consider it. And that left the defense heavily relying on their closing statement. And in that closing argument, his attorney, Richard Nichols, would state, quote, an act that began as an accident and deteriorated through panic that bordered on madness when describing the events. And through the whole trial, I mean, Josh sat. Quietly, he reportedly never spoke due to his his lawyer kind of suggesting that. Are you are you done with the defense portion? Yeah.
1: What the hell is that? I'm pissed. Yeah. Because like even even if you have this one defense and you're like, okay, I know what they say about the eggs, but we're going to put our one in this basket and we're going to run with it. Even if that's what you're going to do, oh. you can't bring in like character witnesses. To add to, like, hey, this teacher says he's great in school. You know, a little average on on the grades-wise. But, like, he's a good kid. But he panics sometimes. Also, you know, he's abused. So, and he's a child. So, yeah, he's not going to be making rational decisions. Especially if he's panicking, you know, his dad. Did they, did they at all, like... Oh, God. What is it called? Did they go back and be like, hey, this was unfair? Our freaking lawyer over here didn't do shit?
0: Not that I could find, but I will talk about the appeals they've gone through.
1: Oh, appeal. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. I'm, yeah. I'm pissed.
0: I That kind of irked me because I know, like, he's admitted that he's done this. Mm-hmm. But he's also 14 years old. Which that too. Yes, it's a very terrible crime. But he should still have adequate defense. At the very least, like,
1: he admitted he did it. You can't go for a plea deal? Because I know this boy's going to get
0: railroaded. Yep. So the prosecution, on the other hand, they had other thoughts about motives, all of that. The prosecution would say that some of the details of Joshua Phillips' story are not correct. They're disputing this. They're like, there's something wrong. And they believe that the murder had been sexually motivated. Oh, no reportedly joshua phillips had talked about sexual things with maddie and her older sister however the autopsy found no evidence of sexual assault so he he didn't do anything to her but the prosecutors still argued though due to the lack of dirt on maddie's body and if her pants did come off while he was dragging her in why was there no dirt on her body or her clothing valid question i don't know
1: (laughs) My first thing is like, I don't know, maybe they have carpets.
0: But if he dragged her from outside in. Mm -hmm. But I also think maybe he wasn't dragging her until they were in the house. I don't have those details. The details we do have are all what Josh reported.
1: That's what, okay, yeah, that's what I would have to be. Like, how far are you dragging her? How, when did her pants rip? Mm -hmm. All that stuff. Or her clothes, I guess I should say, rip.
0: Prosecutors also note that no blood was found in the backyard or on the baseball that Joshua claimed to have hit Maddie with. But we also know that he claims to have cleaned up a little bit, Mm -hmm. how much, or if he got the right baseball. I I don't know. They also argue there was something off and the evidence just didn't support Joshua's version of events. And the prosecution would also attempt to introduce evidence That Josh had looked at pornography on his computer, but not just that. He had looked at some pretty violent, violent things. This, however, was ruled as inadmissible by the judge, so they could not present this as evidence. Trial lasted a total of two days.
1: Two days? Well, yeah, I don't know why I'm surprised. The defense didn't do shit.
0: Yeah, it was very short. Defense didn't call any witnesses. Very minimal evidence, if any. And the jury took just over two hours to come to a verdict. Joshua Phillips would be found guilty of first degree murder. I hate it. I just.
1: At least give the boy a fair trial.
0: He was also sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Call me crazy, but I feel like
1: a plea deal could have helped that potentially anything.
0: he's only 15 years old at this time so they're telling him you're going to prison forever and i i i know what he did was horrible and terrible and all of that but i also think he's he's a kid why is there no possibility of
1: parole That's what I don't understand. Like I've seen, okay, I've seen like eighteen-year-olds do some really like mind-boggling, horrible things. Not to say that this wasn't, but I guess it's easier for me to be like, okay, they're eighteen; they're still not firing on all cylinders here. But they know a little better. But like he's so young; (laughs) it just does not feel it. Nothing about this trial feels right or fair
0: or. Yeah, I, I struggled with that trial because it fell off. Like, why did the defense not do anything? Yeah. I know that like, they called it a strategy, but that doesn't feel like a strategy. That's not a strategy. To put all your eggs in one basket
1: and then to have the judge be like, uh, you can't have that basket in here. So you're just like, well, guess I'll just be really good in my closing argument. You can't pivot and, and try literally anything else. That's my thing. Like, what he did was horrible. Okay. It really was. And even if he was abused and all of that, like, you, I still feel like you need, you deserve to be punished for that. You deserve to serve time. Okay. But life in prison, it, it doesn't feel, it just does not feel right to me at all. There's,
0: there's no rehabilitation attempt for this Mm-mm. child. And I think that's might be where it sit, it's sitting wrong with me. Yeah. Is he's a child and you're not even attempting rehabilitation mm-hmm. again not that i think he, like i don't think he's innocent i think he does need he, he did oh, the crime absolutely. he needs to do the time but
1: yeah, but i feel something. like he could benefit from therapy at the least
0: yeah definitely joshua would begin appealing his sentence and the first appeal was in 2002 In 2002, the Florida 2nd District Court of Appeals would uphold his conviction. In 2004, his mother, Melissa Phillips, would begin seeking a new trial for Joshua. She would state that his young age at the time of the murder should have carried a lot more weight during sentencing than what it did. He was only 14 years old, 15 during sentencing. Oh, we just talked about it. It, Yeah. It feels like a really heavy sentence. Now, before you ask about Steve's role in getting a new trial, Steve at this point had passed away. He had passed in a car accident in 2000. So it's Eh. just Melissa and Joshua fighting at this point.
1: I know it's going to sound bad, but he didn't Eh. really do anything to help either from the sounds of it. So, In
0: 2005, the Supreme Court of Florida would set a hearing for December of 2005 to review if he should get a new trial. They did not grant him a new trial at this time. In 2008, two officials that were heavily involved in giving him life without parole would actually come forward and admit to having second thoughts about the sentence. They questioned if giving a 14-year-old life without the possibility of parole was a bit much. You sons of bitches!
1: <sighs> a little. How too much late longer? For that.
0: How many years later? This was 2008, so this 10 years after the murder, nine years after conviction.
1: How can you? Ju- oh oh my god, 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 oh my god. God. That that doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) Because I can very easily be like, hey, I should paint this wall teal and then come back a year later and be like, "Mm, that was a bad idea. Putting a 15-year-old in prison for life and then 10 later, you're like, I might have misjudged that situation.
0: How the hell? Some of the articles reference the time period in 1998. It was more focused on the punishment than the rehabilitation so it could have been a mindset shift mindset shift that happened over time
1: because at
0: at that time they were so focused on the punishment but not the rehabilitation portion I hope that's what it
1: is because I'm not going to be mad at personal growth I Mm -hmm. won't be mad at that so I hope you're right I'm going to believe what you just said
0: One of the officials, Harry Shorstein, would state that he actually regretted not offering a second degree murder plea to Josh. This would have given the judge a lot more discretion during sentencing. Shorstein also stated that he does support Joshua for eventual clemency or parole. So at least he's, he's like, you go team. Again, I don't know what the right amount of time for this type of crime is. I don't. He's 14, the circumstances, I don't know. I wanna hit something. Cause I don't know if you saw my
1: dramatic hand motion, but when you said like I regret yeah, like what? Like to to quote my daughter, Why? Yeah. Why?
0: Why do you not do this <laughs> to begin with? I'm so I I'm gonna say it's the personal growth theory and oh. the time. In the area, I don't. I don't really know. I just can tell you that he he has stated that he does support eventual clemency or parole. Well, gee, thanks. Yeah. As of 2008, Josh would refuse to write a letter of apology to the Clifton family. Now, hold on. It's not because of any ill intent, but rather because Josh believed the family deserved an apology from him in person. He does not believe at the time he did not believe they would see the sincerity of his apology in a letter. And in numerous articles and interviews with Josh, he states that he feels remorse for his actions. He thinks about it every day and his actions haunt him daily. And he states he wishes he could take back what happens, what happened. Maddie's Clifton mother stated she had no interest in talking to Joshua. Um, I will state that the Clifton family kind of fell apart from there after maddie's murder um her mother and father would end up separating and ultimately divorcing just due to the the trauma there yeah that's really sad yeah. too yeah i will say in 2017 though the apology stands for both well i mean maybe not for both of them but the apology would come from joshua to the clifton family okay. i'll get to that in a minute in 2012, the case of Miller v. Alabama would rule that sentencing juveniles to life without parole is unconstitutional. And we have talked about this a couple times way back mm-hmm. when, when we were when we were uh, more consistent with doing this type of story. But basically, Miller v. Alabama says you cannot sentence a child to life without parole, right. and it allows it allows for resentencing of previously sentenced children. So, guess who falls in that category? So, Joshua and his defense team are like, let's do this. In 2015, Joshua Phillips' attorneys were considering Miller v. Alabama as a basis to file for a resentencing, which they do in 2016. Yes. Different attorney, right? From what I could find, yeah, they were a different attorney, but I didn't okay, actually... Good. I did not verify. From what... And maybe I just assumed, and this is because these attorneys seem to be actually trying... Actually, working. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So in 2016, they would successfully appeal the court, and he was granted a new sentencing hearing. So this isn't a new trial. This is just the sentencing hearing. So they're not they're not going back on the verdict. They're not saying that that's being challenged. This is just the sentencing. But it's still a chance at a lighter sentence. Yes. So still a good thing. That hearing was held in 2017. During that hearing, reports state that Maddie Clifton's mother would ask that Joshua Phillips' sentence be upheld. Now, a psychologist would testify that Joshua Phillips was truly remorseful about taking Maddie Clifton's life. They also testified that they did believe Joshua Phillips to be rehabilitated. Joshua Phillips also took the stand and took this as an opportunity to apologize to the family of Maddie Clifton. And I actually have a clip of that. Would you like to see? I really, really would. Yes. Okay. This is, it's a little bit longer. I'll try to remember to link this, but it's like four and a half, five minutes long. So I'm going to let you listen to the whole thing. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on that.
1: My first thought, he was did he further his education while he was in prison? Uh yeah.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll talk about that in a few minutes.
1: Okay. He's just very well spoken. I felt like that
0: was absolutely genuine. You felt like, it did feel very sincere. You yeah. could definitely tell he was holding back tears. He he did I mean, he did. To me, he seemed very remorseful. Like he wasn't. He took full responsibility. He was yeah. like, "I took his life," and he even said, "I know you guys don't care about that. I pray for your healing, or I hope for your healing every day." He even acknowledged, mm-hmm. "Like I know you guys don't do do that, but I, I still am going to do it." Again, he seems very sincere. A psychologist does believe that he regrets his his actions. So. Maybe that makes me more open to him being sincere in that apology. I don't know.
1: Well, it also feels like he worked on that apology for a long time. Mm -hmm. I assume he had something written. But even then, like, I feel like he went through a lot of rough drafts, a lot of editing. Like, he put a lot of thought and
0: feeling into that. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel like it was rushed. It felt very, I mean, we know in 2008, he he refused to write a letter because he wanted to do it in person. And he took that opportunity. He's probably been writing that for a few years now.
1: Yeah, it's. So, I, like, I I do. I feel like it's genuine, but also, I can't imagine hearing that as someone, hearing that and looking him in the eyes as someone who lost my child, to him.
0: Right. That's the other side. Is a parent as a parent? I'm not a parent. I don't know. I can't imagine thinking this is sincere.
1: Yeah. I, so. I can completely understand if they don't. Which apparently
0: he does too. I mean I don't know. It It very much came across as sincere. Let's remember he is, he's on the stand. He's probably very stressed and having to face his family. I did appreciate that he said like these trials the appeals all of that when we go to trials like this. I have hope but then that's dashed when I realize you all have to relive this again.
1: Yeah. And he, it seemed like he looked at them when he said it all too. He didn't look at the floor. He wasn't looking around. He was looking in one place. And since it's like diagonally across from him, I feel like he was probably looking at them.
0: Yeah. And you could see him look down to read it, read his letter and then look back up. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. It felt sincere to me again. I am not any authority to tell him tell you if it is sincere Or if it was enough to to really be like, oh, yeah, you deserve freedom. I'm not that authority. However, at his resentencing in 2017, Judge Waddell, Waddell Wallace III, he is the authority. He would state that there was no explanation for the murder and that he believed that Maddie had been lured intentionally. He would state, quote, It is appropriate to impose a life sentence for a juvenile in a case that's a truly unusual case. One of a series of ways the higher courts describe it. Irredeemable depravity or the worst of the worst of circumstances that are truly unique and different from the ordinary. I believe this is one of the most rare and unusual crimes that warrants life in prison. So what the judge is saying is he did uphold his sentence to life in prison.
1: When he words it like that, I can kind of see it. When he describes, like, what is, what is, what did he say, rare and
0: unusual? Uh, let me find it. Worst of the worst, truly unique and different from the ordinary. Yes. Oh, what she said, not is, at all what I said. No, you, no you're No, you right. There's, as it goes on, it says, this is one of the most rare and unusual crimes that warrants life in prison. I can kind of see that. Um
1: I guess only because it was so gruesome and because, like you said, he cleaned up, he came back, pulled it all apart, uh, stabbed her, slit her throat. Like, when you factor all that in, it still sounds really, really, it still is really, really bad, but he's still just a scared 14-year-old child. So, I'm kind of, I guess I can see where the judge come from.
0: Okay, well, let's put this into some perspective. This 14-year-old got life in prison without the possibility of parole. Would you like to know who also got life in prison but did get possibility for parole? Yeah. Charles Manson. Okay. So you're telling me that Charles Manson's crimes are lesser than Joshua Phillips here? Look, I'm not saying either of them are great. But let's put this into perspective. I think. I don't think this is really that rare and unusual when you when you take it into perspective. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not <laughs> I'm just saying like we, we want to talk apples to apples or whatever it is here. Charles Manson did get the possibility of parole.
1: OK. When you put it like that, it is really, really bad. Mm -hmm.
0: I think that's probably where my mind goes yeah this is pretty effed up guys like this is not great
1: to be fair I didn't say I agreed with him I can just see like okay I guess I can see where you're coming from but still like I'm still mad they didn't give him a plea deal or anything
0: yeah well his he is resentenced to life in prison but he is eligible for resentencing again in either 2023 or 2024.
1: Oh, that's like now.
0: Yeah. So I don't have updates on that right now, so I'm sorry.
1: I really hope it goes well for him. Yeah. I can't imagine being And like I, I he did something disgusting and despicable, yes. But to be fifteen years old and he's what, in his thirties now?
0: Uh yeah, he'd be born in what eighty four, so he'd be in his mid to late thirties.
1: Yeah, mid to late forties, th- maybe 30s. early forties, somewhere around in there. No. He would have forty yes. I don't know. I don't know how this works. I know I was born uh, in ninety, and I'm thirty three. So he'd be about thirty nine. Yeah. Okay, I'm not that far off. Anyway, that's not that's we all know I'm bad at math. Sorry. Um. <laughs> But yeah, he grew up in prison.
0: Yeah, he did. In 2019, the Florida First District Court of Appeals would uphold his sentence again, because they did appeal there. They would state that it would be reviewed again and could be modified in 2023, 2024, based on demonstrated maturity and rehabilitation. So if you mapped this with me, this means that he will be eligible for another re- review after 25 years into his sentence. Jesus That's a long...
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yes. So, he'll be 40 years old.
1: And from my understanding, they want to see some kind of... Improvement doesn't feel like the right word. They want to see him using his time in there for betterment.
0: Basically. And I'll tell you about that in a couple bullets. in one bullet after this one. Okay. No, not after this one. Just kidding. So, (laughs) So, he would also appeal to the Supreme Court of Florida who would churn down his request in 2020. It's pretty common that they did not give a reason. They just know they turned it down. Um, while in prison, Joshua Phillips did complete his GED. He would later take college courses via mail correspondence. And while in prison, Joshua works as a paralegal assisting other inmates with their appeals, and he also works as a tutor to help tutor his fellow inmates as well. Okay. He does keep up with his extracurriculars. He plays guitar in a band. He also participates in Christian religious services, Zazen, and yoga.
1: What is Zazen?
0: Uh, It's basically like a, a, I think it was a Buddhist meditation practice. Okay. Wow, so he's kind of like,
1: kind of well-rounded, it sounds like. He's essentially been like a model
0: prisoner. So he's, I, I mean, there's nothing... He's doing he's not getting in any trouble. He says he's never been, you know, hurt in any way in prison, like never attacked. At least that was one of the articles I read. Like he's he's getting by.
1: Making the best, I guess, with what he's the the hand he I was gonna say the hand he was dealt, but the hand he the hand he honestly dealt himself.
0: Yeah. So Joshua has made statements, quote, Maybe I deserve to die in prison, but I can't look at it like that. Doing that is just a cop-out. Why would I try to learn anything? Why would I try to improve myself? Why would I try to help anybody if I'm just going to lay down and die in here? Damn. As of right now, Joshua is awaiting his resentencing sometime this year or next in the Tomoka Correctional Institution in Daytona Beach. I was not able to find a date, and everyone, if you start... Googling, be very careful. There is another criminal named Joshua Phillips that got forty years for shooting a police officer. Different story, guys. Different Joshua Phillips. I will be keeping an eye out for any updates on his resentencing for twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. I just don't have anything right now. And that is the case of Joshua Phillips and Maddie Clifton. I really hate this case. Ah, uh, so I know. It's one of those that's so
1: frustrating.
0: It and it's one of those where you're very conflicted too because you don't know what's best. You don't mm-hmm. know if he should serve life in prison. You don't know if he's really rehabilitated. Either. And also on the flip side, if if that were my family, I probably would be like, Nope, life in prison. Bye. Oh, absolutely. If that was my child,
1: I'd be like, kick rocks. Right? For you. So like I can I can I can see both sides of this story feels like a you problem yeah right i will say his mom is the absolute mvp though oh for sure
0: for sure and there are like multiple interviews people that say they went and talked to him and they kind of left in tears because they did feel like he was very remorseful like "Ah, it's just so the whole thing is so hard
1: i really don't like it at all well you don't like it I was just gonna say, it kind of comes down to like the man, at least a chance for parole. And I could maybe see it. I, I can mm-hmm. be like, you know what? That's kind of harsh, but hey, he did the crime. At least the possibility of car- parole.
0: I think that's probably what irks me the most is like, he was 14, 15 when he was sentenced. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna tell me no possibility of parole? And at first, when I started this, I was like, feels like a you problem but then i like that one article mentioned guess who all who got the possibility of parole charles manson and i was like oh yeah charles manson kind of sucks
1: yeah when you said that that like really resonated Mm -hmm.
0: i can't remember which article said that i should have i'm so sorry if i figure out who it was i will give them full credit um I, I don't remember which article it was, though, because I didn't actually have that in my notes. I just that was just like, you know, what I remember that. And that stayed up here because I just didn't plan to say anything.
1: Oh, no, I do not blame you. I do not source my notes or I, I don't no. have the little footnotes and stuff. No, that died after high school English. I know. Right. Uh going to talk about something else.
0: Oh, I'd love to talk about something else.
1: OK, so. I I got a kind of crazy one here. I had trouble choosing a paranormal. So I was going to go with your little 50 state mini cryptids. And I got to look in Arizona. And I found this guy. And there was a lot on him. Well, there wasn't a lot on him, but we'll just get into it. It was interesting. So we're going to talk about the red ghost. A A specific red ghost. Is what he's known as uh, specifically the one in Arizona,
0: only the one in Arizona. Yes. What's well, this up with you and doing uh, cryptids with mounts lately, El right? Sombrero.
1: <laughs> I I thought of that too when uh, I uploaded it from my phone, and the last one I come across was uh, El Som El Sombrero oh. El Sombrero oh, yeah. El
0: it's oh not sombrero. sombrero sombrero
1: sombrero sombrero i think it was sombrero.
0: i can look it up if you need me to but that was also your story i have the notes right here yeah and i struggled with it through that story yeah el sombrero. sombrero yeah
1: okay See, i got this i kept wanting to say sombrero and i know it's not because i think it's i don't know look we're not talking about him he's in the past today we're talking about the red ghost And he terrorized Arizona in the late 19th century. So think like cowboy days, like way, way back then, saloons and shootouts and stuff like that. The first sighting I could find was documented in 1883. So just a couple years back. No big deal. (laughs) Two women were left at a cabin with their children while their men were out doing like ranchy things, you know, cowboys and stuff. I don't know. But the women were left at a cabin. And this was already pretty dangerous, just the men being gone with the times. Because you've got your outlaws, you know, you got your cattle rustlers, your wolves and bears. Like, it's not like your husband goes out of town for the weekend and you're just, like, chilling at the house and you have to go to Walmart. Right. One of the women, she left the cabin and she went down to a spring to fetch some water. And she hadn't been gone that long when the woman still in the cabin with the kids heard screaming and howling. So she ran to the window, she looked out, but then she immediately covered her eyes and started praying. And she barricaded the cabin door and waited for their husbands
0: to come back. She's like, bye, sorry. Yes problem. Yeah,
1: she's like she's like, I can't I can't even look I can't even bear to look at this. I'm just gonna pray and lock you out there with whatever's happening. So when the men got back, she obviously, I imagine, was still in a panic and she told them what was going on. She said that she saw a flash of red hooves and old bones. So the men, they're men, you know, they grabbed their guns and headed out to the spring. What else are they going to do?
0: Not die? I don't know.
1: Well, they found the woman um, trampled and crushed like the cavalry had run over her
0: that that checks
1: yeah that doesn't feel strong enough to be worded as trampled and crushed those words aren't we need something harder yeah they also found large footprints or large hoof prints specifically cloved hooves that were bigger than a horse's
0: oh that's not comforting is that why it's a camel in the pictures that is why yes
1: but there's more to it but that's the main reason so the coroner comes out and i'm imagining he looks at this woman yep she's dead and then (laughs) yeah that tracks (laughs) yeah like oh i see what you did there that tracks what else are you gonna do like i feel like that's a pretty easy one to rule out if it's as bad as they say So the coroner talks to the woman that was still in the cabin and she tells him that what she had seen before she closed her eyes and started praying was a red beast that was very tall and was ridden by the devil. Okay. So there was word that a few weeks earlier, there were some miners that had reported a similar creature that had destroyed their tent. But they only caught a quick glimpse of it in the moonlight before it disappeared into the night. But after this report, what the women went through, or came out, reports just kept coming in to newspapers. And there was someone named, it was either Cy Hamlin or Cyrus Hamblin. Very similar names. Supposedly the same person. Uh, But I'm going to call him
0: Cy. Okay. That sounds easier anyways.
1: Yeah, less um, less syllables. So Cy Hamlin, he saw this creature too. And he knew exactly what it was immediately. He's like, no, y'all, that's a camel. And it has a man strapped to its back. And <laughs> here's what's kind of interesting and why this may not be a cryptid. This may be a real thing.
0: How how is this real?
1: I'm so glad. No, even better. Have you ever heard of the United States Camel Corps? No, but I feel like we need to join it. Well, it's not a thing anymore. Well, it should be. Um, But I'm going to tell you what it was. Because I saw this and I was like, wait a minute. Australia's got emus, we've got camels. What is going on? Okay, so picture it. It's 1855, right? Jefferson Davis, he's the Secretary of War, and he's got this great idea. He talks the, Congre- the Congress, he talks Congress into approving spending $30,000 to institute the Camel Corps. And they did this to help move mail and supplies across the western deserts before the roads or the well, railroads, the well roads, The well-wodes. Rail, <laughs> Yes. Before roads or well roads were built. Which, like, okay, that's actually kind of a good idea. Because the, the desert, the horses were not at all suited to make these trips. So I can see where, where their mind is at. This is an idea that was kind of, from what I read, it was kind of like tossed mm-hmm. around. And then Jefferson Davis was like, well, I'm the secretary of war and I can make this happen. So he did.
0: He's like, I can do what I want, guys.
1: Yes, I, I am the government and I want camels. So give me camels yeah. or I give you hell. He talked to the rest of the government and they were like, no, that's great. Go get us some camels.
0: They're like, what could be better? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, this, uh, this is a great. Why would we put a, a railroad there when we had camels? What a silly thought. So he sends Major Henry C. Wayne and Lieutenant David D. Porter on a mission. Do you know what this mission is? I don't know
0: if I want to know.
1: Go get camels. And bring them back to the United States.
0: my God, I'm so concerned about (laughs) these camels.
1: They went to North Africa and Southern Europe. And it took a while to get these camels, because from what I read, they were, um, I believe it was Europe was at war during the time, so they kind of needed their camels. I don't know what Europe needed camels for, okay? I didn't go into that. But they needed them. And Mm -hmm. Egypt was not trading with anybody at the time. I don't know what they had going on over there. But eventually, these men were able to get 34 camels from Egypt, and they brought them back to the U.S., So, how many? Thirty-four. Thirty-four to begin with. Yes. Technically, it was thirty-three, but a couple of them had calves on board, and one of those calves lived. So, thirty-four, which doesn't make sense to me because what is that little camel calf going to do? What you going to put on him?
0: I don't know. He can carry the the treats. Oh, that's probably it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That seems like an important camel that could. That seems like baby camel business. Yeah. Okay. See, that's why you're here, because
1: I don't understand these things.
0: Because I understand
1: baby camel business. Yes, okay. yeah, that's what your uh, Bryce camel business, Bryce. No, for the love <laughs> of God, no. So basically, this whole story this this is like there's a decently good chance that these people actually did see a camel. Because once the U.S. no longer needed this camel corps and the army, they sold them at auctions. They gave them or sold them to zoos. Uh, some people just let them go. I, I don't, I guess they just opened. That feels free! Like, yeah, honestly. Like, you just open the corral and you're just like, alright, camel, stampede out of here. Just- this is
0: not, this is not like reintroducing like a bear back into their natural habitat this is not a camel's natural habitat (laughs) no i I would say
1: not but that's i guess that's what they did i don't know to me that just feels wasteful but maybe they just got tired of
0: being spit on but also i'm really confused like they sold the camels to zoos i didn't think that Mm -hmm. zoos really did a lot of purchasing of animals i feel like they do a lot of trading maybe that's just nowadays
1: do they trade
0: animals? I thought they bought them from, I don't know, other zoos. I don't know that they buy. I don't know. I didn't think they actually bought. I don't, I'm not a zookeeper. I don't zoos? run a zoo. Zoos, let us know. Do you just trade like a gorilla for a tiger or do you just buy them? Well, because I think about it in like in in Utah at the Hogle Zoo, we had a baby elephant years Mm -hmm. like born raised here and they're sending it to another state to be with a herd i don't necessarily know that the zoo purchased the baby zara zara i don't remember its name i think they are made a decision for the animal's health and we're like hey can we send can you accommodate this animal i don't think they purchased that i don't know i could be very wrong
1: i have no idea it's (laughs) just Trading animals is an even wilder concept to me than, than buying them. And I don't understand how you would, like, can you be like, hey, I'll give you 74 lizards and eight arachnids and you give me a horse. How does that work?
0: According to Google, zoos don't buy or sell animals. They only trade.
1: That is why I have, that just left me with more questions.
0: And that's according to smartasset.com. So, I'm just saying I don't, I think they rescue animals from situations like, I don't know, Tiger King situations, or mm-hmm. they trade, you huh. know?
1: I guess that makes sense, because in, in a lot of states, you know, they have laws against buying animals. I just always assume that zoos don't
0: count. I just assume zoos probably can't afford to buy all the animals that they... Purchase though I'm sure they make a lot, but yeah, I I can't imagine a zoo with a freaking I don't know red panda all of a sudden that they just went out and bought it. First of all, where are they buying it from? Yeah,
1: other zoos apparently. I have no, no idea. I have no they're idea trading. how this works. Well, now I, I have, have a general idea world. how this works. Yeah. Okay. Well, not back That's then. Too. They sold their camels to the zoo. Okay, what year was this again? About uh, late eighteen eighties. Okay. Uh, okay, so yeah, there's there's a decently good chance that these people legitimately saw a camel, but we have our skeptics. Um, and they they blame this on two things that won the West a good supply of whiskey and the love of sharing stories.
0: The only things that matter.
1: Of of course. So (laughs) I found some stories that claimed that the red ghost appears and disappears into thin air, that this camel had killed and eaten a grizzly bear, this camel. And my favorite, Oh my God, this is my favorite. Okay. So this man, he chased the red ghost to the edge of the Black River in eastern Arizona. And it escaped him by jumping across a canyon in a single bound.
0: That thing is talented. Like, I don't care what anyone says. That thing, it can jump all at once. now. I don't... One bound?
1: Well, see, the problem with that is the newspaper that reported this also made sure to add that this man had also reported seeing a flying bear and a mountain of gold.
0: I don't remember him saying that.
1: Not in this instance, but like previously, <laughs> he had, I don't know, telegraphed. I don't know what they did back then. Walked into the newspaper store and was like, hey, I got a story for you. And they were like, well, let's type it up. Whatever. He had told them previously that he had seen a flying bear and then a mountain of gold. So they're like... It just feels kind of shitty to be like, this guy told us this, but he also told us this crap a couple of months back.
0: It feels like, because I wonder if it was like Morse code and he didn't know
1: (laughs) Morse code. And so he's putting together what he thinks it is. So really the mountain wasn't made of gold. It was just the color of gold and it just all got mixed up. And the bear wasn't flying. It was just
0: floating. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) obviously. I don't know. Something. It feels like something (laughs) was lost in communication here.
1: So going back to Cy Hamlin, when he came out, (laughs) when Cy Hamlin came out and was like, hey, it's just a camel. That's a camel, guys, and there's a man tied to it. Nobody believed him, even though he was said to be a very truthful man. This dude's
0: just like, okay, whatever, believe whatever you want.
1: They were saying like, that wasn't a man. He just saw the hump on the back of the camel and he thought it was a man.
0: You're so ridiculous. (laughs) How dare you think that was a man?
1: Oh, Cy Hamlin back over there. Cy over here trying (laughs) to speak some logic to us. (laughs) A few weeks after Cy reported this, uh, five prospectors were about 60 miles away in the Verde Valley prospecting and stuff. I don't know, looking for gold, just prospecting things. I'm Doing pretty sure they had, do. yeah, they probably had like a bucket in a river or something. I think that's how they do it. So they saw the same thing. But these men, they were like, well, let's shoot it. <laughs> yeah. Why not?
0: Doing the logical <laughs> thing.
1: Well the red ghost ran away. So apparently they missed it, but they did see something fall off of it, and they went to investigate it. The men ran over and found a head. And it was quote, dried and withered dried and withered, but with flesh and hair still on it. So people are thinking now, like, okay, maybe this is a camel. And it probably has a guy or now what's left of him strapped to it. And they're thinking that this guy was riding this camel. He bought it from the army or maybe just saw it out roaming the open deserts. I don't know. But he got this camel and he so desperately needed water that he ended up tying himself to the camel. And he died before the camel made it to water.
0: Why does that (laughs) feel like a stretch?
1: I oh guess it boy. makes more I guess it makes more sense than it being a cryptid. Look, I don't know what happens in the military, but I did also find at least it was at least two different sources where people thought that this was a, a prank, because apparently it's funny to tie a dead man to a camel and just send it off into the desert. But they thought that this could be a prank where someone found a deceased man, tied it to a camel, whether it be um Just a a group of people at the local saloon, or possibly military men, who did this as a joke, and then the camel got free, and they didn't get it back.
0: Guys, this isn't a funny joke.
1: No one's laughing. That does not feel funny to me at all. Even the camel is like, well,
0: this sucks. This guy stinks. He's just on me. (laughs) Like I just that it no <laughs> one's laughing, guys. Like I don't think they get that no one is laughing.
1: This is not like what the west was wild. That was a wild place if this actually I don't, I can't even fathom.
0: They do call it the Wild West.
1: That I I know why. The wild wild west, <laughs> I think is what Will Smith called it.
0: Oh god. <laughs>
1: So I have a couple more stories and I'm done with the, the dead man. God, add to a camel. So a cowboy told a story of this same red camel, but he tried to lasso it and instead it charged him. It knocked both the horse and the cowboy to the ground and ran off. And this cowboy claimed, I guess when it was running full speed towards him, he saw the load on its back. And there was barely anything left, but it had absolutely been a man, without a doubt in his mind. It was the remnants of a man. Another newspaper told of a man who was transporting freight, and he had set up camp for the night. He was asleep when he was awoken by a screaming beast that was 30 feet tall. It knocked over his wagons. The mules that pulled the wagons were scared away and ran off. But this story was also heavily doubted because it said that the man was transporting a load of whiskey. Why is so, that doubted? Because basically they were like, he's drunk. He didn't know what he's talking about. He, had, he was drunk and then woke up and I guess his camp was trash. Which I do like the fact that newspapers back in that time were just blaming everybody on whiskey was everybody's lie.
0: How dare all of you drink so much whiskey? It's really what that is that they're like you didn't share with us. I'm telling everyone that you drink all that whiskey.
1: That's the last ad of the newspaper. Like you've you've read the whole thing, you flip it over and it's just like brought to you by whiskey.
0: <laughs> and then it's got like all the people who've been drinking whiskey this week listed underneath it. I love it. We need that for the podcast.
1: Brought to you about whiskey. Only it's not. It's like... I don't don't know.
0: Brought to you by margaritas and Smirnoffs. (laughs) Because that's about all we... You drink beer though, don't you?
1: Yeah. Well, not right now. Right now I eat ice cream. Brought to you by Funyuns and ice
0: cream. Listen, we're just brought to you by food. Yeah. That's it carne asada fries and whatever she's eating.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It kind of, whatever my husband cooks. Brought to you by carne asada fries and whatever James cooks.
0: By food. Brought to you by
1: food. So the last man that reported to ever see this creature was Mizu Hastings. Um, He was a rancher. He saw the beast and he shot at it, but Mizu knew a thing or two that rhymed. I didn't plan that. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that. He knew a thing or two. So he used a windowsill to steady his rifle when he shot at it. And he got it. Oh, okay. Yeah, finally, somebody killed this camel. Because apparently it was just living his life and everyone had a problem with it. It's running amok. It's, it's, I don't feel like it's running amok. I feel like it's just running. And people are getting in the way. Except for that woman. I don't know what she did.
0: She pissed, she pissed it off. That's all we
1: need to know. <laughs> she probably scared it. And he was like, well, we can't be having that. I'm the only one who can scare people around these parts. Exactly. So he was allegedly able to kill this camel. And when he approached it, he saw nobody. All he saw were marks. From where leather straps had once been attached to this camel, so so like <laughs> the straps
0: came off on their own. Oh, someone took them. I'm confused.
1: It's heavily believed that they just kind of decomposed along with the body, and eventually everything just fell off. I don't know what kind of mark a leather strap would leave on a camel. I mean, we once had a really fluffy dog, and we got her, I guess, a, a cheap pink collar. And when she got wet, like, her neck fur was pink. I don't know if it was, like, one of those type things or what. Uh, hell, if I know. Yeah, I don't know. But this is uh, either it, cryptid, true life. Uh, you decide. True life? Yeah. It's either cryptid or
0: true life. Um it's either paranormal some, or not? Some dudes just playing some not so funny prank. Because I can tell you right now, if I saw that, I'd be like, I'm I'm churning to drinking <laughs> because I'm sober. Like I don't I don't want this in my life. We're done. That's
1: why on both pictures, I feel like I was able to find one from each. Like the first one, that's just got the poor guy that's tied to him, and then the second one, like no, that's that's the devil. And I also yeah. just wonder. If the devil is going to come back and harass the Wild West, would he really choose a giant red camel?
0: Yes, because it's going to throw people off.
1: It didn't throw that guy off. He was stuck
0: (laughs) to it. (laughs) For years. He's doing it for kicks and giggles. He's like, this is hilarious. (laughs) Guys, watch this. Watch. Ready? Watch this. And years later, they're still cracking up about it. Down in hell, they're like, "This is the funniest damn thing Satan's ever done."
1: Yeah, he's still trying to think of a comeback. They are just like, "You're not going to beat that camel in the 1800s,
0: Bud." You peaked. You you peaked in the 1800s. (laughs) There's no like we know you're trying all these new possessions, but there's there's no coming back. You know, yeah, you're
1: gonna have to really really up your ante here.
0: Can you imagine him just being like, I don't know what to do next. I just, I don't know what to do next.
1: Oh, I did Lord. work, though. And camels can live up to 40 years, so. I feel like there's kind of plenty of time for a body to decompose. I feel like it is.
0: Yeah. It is, but it just seems like that's not, I, I mean, I guess it could have adapted, but. It seems really strange for just a camel in the U.S. just to be wandering like, yeah, I've never seen a wild
1: camel out there, just out and about. I've never in my life seen a wild camel. I don't know that I have ever been to a place where I would find a
0: wild camel, though. That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't know that it, that place would be the United States. That makes me wonder
1: if, if they really did just let them loose. Like, does that mean that people in Arizona just see these phantom camels every now and then, but know they're actual camels?
0: I don't know. I don't... Okay. Camels are native to the Gobi Desert in China and the Bactrian steppes of Mongolia.
1: So definitely not Arizona. <laughs> this is
0: not Arizona. I did not see Arizona in there. Granted, this is talking about the Bactrian camel. I don't know what the difference of camels is. Um, um, I know
1: this one was red. That's all I know. I don't know if that helps.
0: There's a feral population of... Dromedary camels in Australia but this this little snippet and of course this is Google granted this is pulling it from PBS so I guess PBS is at least an okay source um there's nothing that says Arizona on it (laughs) so but you know what if that camel was like you know what I'm here I'm gonna make the most of it let's do the damn thing then I guess I guess that's that's cool and what whatever but
1: I would not, uh, I I don't feel like I would mess with it. I'd be like, that's a camel, and they spit some pretty heavy loogies, so I'm out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I'd be backing up, like, sorry, don't want to be spit on, not today.
1: Mm -mm. Oh, and it's because it's got a dead man tied to it, that also.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't help either.
1: But mainly the spit
0: that's your main concern is the spit
1: the spit yeah they are they're pretty good aims too
0: i can tell you right now i would not know
1: <laughs> I, I googled it <laughs> only reason
0: you googled what are camels good at like spitting <laughs> yes i'm gonna go with yes <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for listening to Helen Hills podcast to see pictures from this episode. You can follow us on on Instagram at Helen Hills podcast, Twitter at Helen Hills pod or Facebook by searching Helen Hills podcast. You can find us on Linktree by typing in Helen Hills podcast. We should be the first thing that pops up on Google. If you want to support us, please like review, rate, share and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create additional content for you, you can donate through Patreon where we're working to release specials for our patrons. If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, suggestions, or just words of encouragement, please email us at HelenHillsPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. Bye! Bye!